0: celebrating the connection with our pets this is animal radio featuring your dream team veterinarian dr debbie white and groomer joey villani and here are your hosts hal abrams and judy francis okay you're gonna to want to stick around for this one
1: i'm captivated already i know john O'Hurley will be here of course jay peterman from seinfeld and uh, as we all know the first winner on dancing, with the, dancing with, the stars, with the stars but let's not
2: forget the sexiest man of the year
1: For People Magazine, yes. Yes. And I think once you hold that title, like President, you always hold that title. Yeah,
2: he'll always have that. I don't care who's this year's, it doesn't matter. Do you think he's sexy? I do. What about you, Dr. Debbie? something about him.
1: Do you think he's sexy?
3: I do. But yeah, I I used to watch a lot of Seinfeld, so I I loved his character. He was just really cool (laughs) in a kind of cold way. He was very quirky.
1: If you're a regular listener, you know that this is his ninth year joining us, talking about the National Dog Show on Thanksgiving. So uh, that's just right around the corner. Also, this is the story that I'm going to stick around for. I just cannot believe this. <laughs> I guess it's a stunt that Discovery Networks is doing. Maybe Animal Planet, I don't know, one of their TV shows under Discovery Networks. They're going to have their host eaten by a anaconda. and oh,
4: That's just bizarre.
1: Apparently no one's going to get hurt, and including the animal, and everyone's going to come out just fine, so to speak. And she's bringing a camera. I don't know if it's a GoPro, but he's bringing a camera with him. And I suspect they have teeth, huh? Teeth? And I can think they do. I don't know. I'm pretty sure they do.
3: They have fangs. I- all I can say is that I'd say kill the suit, get rid of the suit, and see if he comes out okay. Yeah. <laughs> let's make it a fair I, I fight. Think,
1: well, then where do you put the Red ex- Bull logo? Yeah,
3: let's make it a fair. I fight. I don't know. I I just think that it's just so unnecessary. I mean, we know anacondas eat big things. Why, why why torture this animal? Yeah. What are they trying to prove?
1: Well, I think they're just trying to get ratings. Of course. Yeah. It's all it's all a big ratings stunt. And well, a-
5: because we know we're we'll all watches. Because I know I'm, I'm against it, but um I'm gonna I'm, watch it. Watch <laughs> yeah. it anyway. It's like
2: a car wreck. You drive by, you don't want to see it, but you got to look.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. So more details on that. Uh, Tammy Trujillo will be reporting on that in just a couple of minutes. Joey Volani, what do you got?
5: We're going to talk about um, how to get fleas off your kittens in a safe um, and humane matter.
1: Judy just handed me this article from the paper. It's really cool. I wish, wish this was TV. I'll just pull up the picture again so you can see it. It's a picture of a, well, it's the newest tool for biologists. It's a baby penguin robotic spy. With little remote control, a,
2: a remote control penguin. It's a remote cool. control penguin. I want one.
1: Well, they're actually using it for for, for fun, research. For right? research, so convincing to penguins that it actually, well, the penguins will talk to it <laughs> as if it's a potential mate for their chicks. The reason they're using it is uh, emperor penguins are notoriously shy. And when researchers approach them, normally they back off or run away.
2: Uh-huh.
6: So
1: they got this little remote control penguin. It's not the first one. They tried about five versions until they hit upon the right one. It's uh, covered in gray fur, uh, little black arms, and black and white painted face and a black beak. And the penguins don't scamper away. And the scientists are able to stand about 600 feet away. And, of course, it has a little camera in it so they can...
0: That is so
2: cool. I I still want
1: one. Covert action. Yeah. What would you use it for?
2: Just for around here? Just around here. You freak out the cats, sneak up on the dogs. Sure. Yeah, Uh, you know.
1: That would be fun.
5: That's kind of like a blow-up woman, ain't it? For penguins. It is.
1: (laughs) In a a way. In a way. Oh, boy. Let's see. I'll file that way in the round file over there. Yeah. Studios on fire. Where are we going? Going to the phones? Hey, Dora. How are you doing, Dora? Where are you calling from today?
6: I'm calling from San Luis Obispo right now.
1: Oh, do you listen on KVEC?
6: Yes, we do.
1: Great station. Got to love it. So how can we help you?
6: Well, um, I have a 10-year-old miniature dachshund, and he has been developing moles. I just thought I'd call and ask if, if it was anything I needed to worry
3: about. Okay. Well, describe these to me. What do they look like? Just a little round, like a... Chocolate, <laughs> almost. Uh, these are raised from the skin surface. Yes, they are. Okay, so they kind of like a little, um, like a little button, um, or yeah, more like a pimple. it does
6: look like a little, like the little candy, candies we used to eat
3: when we were kids. Okay, that's exactly what, what I was thinking. Those can you pull off the paper? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, and they're about that size. Okay. And these are located where on the body? Are they in the haired areas? Or are they along the, like, the eyelids, the lips?
6: Mostly in mostly the hair. On his face, he's got one on his hip, one on his, on one of the legs.
3: Okay. And do and they, I they ever ooze? Last night, but I forgot.
6: No. <laughs> and he doesn't have any problems with them.
3: Yeah, well, anytime I have lumps of, you know, more than one of that kind of description, anything that's pigmented in a skin tumor in dogs, it does really warrant that we do something to figure out um, what our concerns should be. The good thing is that many cases, in most cases, of these pigmented raised tumors that occur in the haired areas, in general, they tend to be benign, um, falling into the kind of what we'd call as a mole or a nevus um, or other types of tumors. Um, But it is important because there is the the tumor called melanoma that is a pigmented form of skin cancer. My husband
6: is a melanoma survivor, so that's why it scared me.
3: Yeah, so... What I would certainly suggest, and it's fairly easy to do, um, is especially if these are small, is to do a tumor removal on, on at least one of these. Get an idea. Have your veterinarian biopsy and remove that. may mean a few little stitches, a little local anesthetic, and, and just get that peace of mind. My bet is it's going to be potentially um, a nevus, an epidermal nevus, um, or maybe a benign melanoma. But um, we do need to find out about that, and that is definitely kind of arming yourself with information. Right. Um, if that seems to be the case, then I would sit back and say, okay, not necessarily a big deal. But um, when we talk about pigmented tumors in dogs, ones that are located along the lips, the um, mucocutaneous junctions are so along the eyes, lips, but uh, along the toes or the feet, um, or in the mouth, those tend to be more likely in the malignant category. So those I do not waste any time with. We move right away to biopsy on those. Okay. Yeah, so hopefully we're, we'll be in a good situation with your baby's um, case. And we do sometimes see this more in um, darkly uh, pigmented or dark-haired uh, dogs. So um, th- that wouldn't be it's unusual. Red. And when we say moles, because a lot of times, you know, a lot of people will think of what we call the sebaceous adenomas or those are kind of like what we call a warty growth. We see those a lot in poodles, bichons, um, Malteses. They're kind of irregular, kind of pinkish and kind of just a little nodular. Um, Some people call those moles as well. It's a little different category, so I don't like to use that to describe those terms.
6: Okay, well,
3: I appreciate your advice. Okay, well, good luck, Dora. Thank you.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
7: Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. In Long Island, a dog named Bentley took his owner's car for a joyride and ended up crashing into a coffee shop. The fifty pound dog's owner, musician Brian Mayer, said he just wanted to keep his best friend warm, so he left his car running while he ran into the Cool Beans coffee house to sign up for an open mic night. The next thing I knew, Mayer explains, I looked up to see my van coming at me in the window with Bentley in the driver's seat grinning at me. Luckily, there were no injuries, although a window and some patio furniture were damaged. Bentley seemed to enjoy the ride, wagging his tail happily after he got out. The owner of the coffee shop took it all in stride, calling Bentley a really sweet dog. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio.
1: Oh yeah, Exile. A one-hit wonder, or they had two hits, I think. Did they?
4: Yeah, there were a couple, I think.
1: There was uh, this, and then uh, Dreamweaver, or was that somebody else? Wow. They I, I do that know that they, was
2: somebody else. Yeah, I think it was somebody else. They
1: did have a lot of snakes. Not a lot of people know well, this. They did They, did they? they had yes. snakes. Snakes. Lots of snakes. They would play, and they were inspiration for a lot of their music. And you kind of have to listen to the music closely. Oh, it all snakes makes sense, sense now. yes. Yeah, anacondas, I believe.
5: Oh, okay. can't wait to listen
4: you got snakes mm-hmm. on the brain today.
1: <laughs> I, I sure do. What do you got coming up?
4: You know, we're getting ready to fly around for the holidays, go to family and friends and all oh, that yeah. good stuff, and you want to take your animal, right? I mean, they right. Should... I've got some kind of scary statistics from the Department of Transportation about flying with your animals, but also some tips to make sure that if you do, that everybody gets there safely and gets home safely as well.
1: Yeah. You know what? If you do fly with your animal, make sure it goes with you. Don't, oh, absolutely. It doesn't go down in, in cargo car or
2: Anything. Oh, never, there was another never s- story recently of another dog mm-hmm. that got out and was lost mm-hmm. yeah Crazy. it's just terrifying
5: do you know that there are statistics that when it goes when it comes to pets dying in um organizations whether it be airlines whether it be um some of the superstores that there is a percentage of deaths that are acceptable before mm. it actually has to yep. be investigated so mm-hmm. could that could be thousands.
4: Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I after agree. After the first of the year, they're actually going to change the way that the Department of Transportation keeps track of animal deaths and
5: injuries during flights or on the ground in planes. You know what I always wondered? What happens when... Because, I mean, I fly a lot and... Um, I, they, I lose my luggage probably every fifth flight um, <laughs> they lose nice. they lose my luggage because of a delay what happens when 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 your pet is loaded on a plane oh um, all of a sudden that plane does not take off you have to catch the right. next flight and um, they say everything's in order because they always tell you it's in order and then your pet isn't there I mean that I was always wondered about that and you have a pet that you know needs to be watered needs food needs mm-hmm. to be walked and you know it could be 24 48 hours you know in the, in that crate Oh, it's a horrible well, That's why you should it. never do it. Yeah. Well, yeah.
2: You,
1: right. Wasn't there that story last year where um, some animal I actually made it out alive after a heat stroke or something, and the airline settled with the person, but they said that they couldn't speak about it in public. The, yeah, the airlines are was, trying to hush people up.
2: It was part of the settlement is that they keep quiet. And then she lost the settlement yeah.
1: because she spoke up. Yes. We don't really know how many actually mm-hmm. happened. There's not a real Mm-mm. good accounting of that so keep them keep with them you right yep. with you yep.
4: absolutely that's why you need a little dog great carriers and all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: well a lot of people don't travel now because their furry children keep them at home <laughs> i know mm-hmm. that's the way it was well, for what? me for a long time yes
5: do you want to hear something funny i have a bird sure. that gets car sick really <laughs> what is yeah. he? Gurney, it gurney, gurney will vomit seeds and fruit on you <laughs> in the car Uh-oh. yes it's, it's, and it's you, you don't even get down the block and she's already um you know regurgitating so
4: Uh-oh. i've never heard of a bird getting car sick
5: you know what? She doesn't fly that much either. She runs around. Maybe, you know, maybe that's why she don't fly. She maybe she gets some. Um, well, you know, flight system. If she's
2: regurgitating, on. maybe
5: she's just providing snacks for the trip. Oh boy! Um, yeah, that's possible. That's possible. You know, like like, um, fr- like uh, fruit bars. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know. That's delightful.
1: We're
8: uh, clearly out of control. Thousands of authors across the country have written books and published them with Page Publishing. If you've written a book, they can help you through the process. Cut through the confusion of the publishing world to make it easy for you. If they decide to publish your book, your work ends, theirs begins. From copy editing and proofing to typesetting and book cover art. Plus, get your book printed, distributed and sold on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble and in bookstores across the country. They even help promote your book biography, self-help, mystery, novels, sci-fi, or even a children's book, no matter what genre. Page publishing can bring your book to life. And don't forget to ask about audiobooks. We do all of this for you. Call today for your free writer's guide, packed with tips, tricks, and
9: templates to help you finish what you started. 800-215-6815. 800-215-6815. 800-215-6815. 800-215-6815. That's 800-215-6815. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with
0: the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Uh, download it now. Ask your questions
1: from the app. Listen to the show whenever you want. It's a cool app to have. And we're going to go back to the phones in just a couple of seconds. Also, your Hero of the Week. And uh, John O'Hurley, Jay Peterman from... Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yes. How I remember him, of course, he was the uh, first winner on Dancing with the Stars, the yeah. very first winner. And, but
2: still, he'll always be remembered from Seinfeld.
1: And he was, is, or was, I don't know if you retain that title like you do, President, <laughs> one of the sexiest people, according to People Magazine.
2: Well, he was the sexiest man of the year, so I don't know if that only lasts a year and the next year it's your Now, do out. you ladies think he's sexy? You know what? I, I'm not attracted to older men. I, I prefer younger guys, but he is one attractive older man. Oh, I have to say. I, 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 I'd go out with him. I, yeah. yeah, he he mm-hmm. he could mm-hmm. he floats my boat. Yes. Well,
5: how old is he? I don't think he's as old as I think. I think the gray hair throws throws off. I think you off so.
2: Him. Just makes him look older. But he's he's very like, handsome. He's
5: tall. I've mm-hmm. seen him at the dog at that dog show. He's real yeah. tall.
2: He's handsome. He's funny. Yeah. Why wouldn't you go out with him?
1: Well, if you're brand new to Animal Radio and you've missed him the last nine years or eight years. Uh, he's a very funny guy, and he's next hour right here on Animal Radio. So you want to stick around for that? Let's go to your calls first. How are you doing? Who's this?
9: Hello. Hey, Rainy Z-
10: Hoffman.
1: Hey, Rainey, how are you doing?
10: Well, I'm having problems with uh, two cats that, as they got older, they stopped uh, grooming their back ends, and they're getting mats.
5: Hmm. Ooh, what, what kind of what kind of cats are they?
10: Um, uh, just domestic short hair alley cats.
5: Just. So, so they're um they're, they're short-haired cats and they 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 shed like crazy, correct? And they're, and they're building up matting because the shedding isn't coming out. Yes. Okay. There's a actually a couple of things that you could do. Number one, I'm I'm sure that you that you don't want to bathe your cats in your house because sometimes that could be a a project um if you're trying to do it at home. So here's my recommendation. First thing I would do is I would go out to the local pet store and I would purchase um, some waterless um, shampoo that's, um, that's good for cats. Most of them are, but I would still just check the label anyway because there are a couple out there that, that may be a little bit harsh that um, you, want, you wouldn't want to use on your cat. And There are some out there that are just made entirely for cats. The okay. next thing you're going to look for is you're going to look for a comb. It's, it's a specific comb. It's called a greyhound comb. Now, the reason why I say Greyhound comb, there's a lot of combs on the market, but the way that this comb is particularly made and um, the coating on it, what happens when you get the cheaper combs, the um, coating starts to come off. So when you try to um, comb through the cat... Or the dog, um, it catches the hair and it, it's, it's not very comfortable for them. So after a while, and especially with a cat, you want them to be as comfortable as possible so they, so the skill saw doesn't turn on and turn around and get you. Okay. And that's the teeth and the claws that I'm talking about. Um, yeah. So what, what I would do is get the greyhound comb. Now, depending on how severe the matting is. Okay. If it's very severe, what you're going to do is you're going to use just the corner of one tooth, and you're going to work out that knot little by little, okay? And it'll come out pretty gently. You don't want to go in there and rake it out and and, and rip it out. Um, you want to just go in with the corner of the comb and, 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 and get it out little by little. Once you get the severe matting out, then what I would do is I would take the waterless shampoo, I would spray the pet, towel dry her. Okay, and then what you can do is take the, um, the the narrow end of the comb, because it's going to have a wide um, end and it's going to have a narrow end, and comb through the cat completely. And you're going to notice, because the cat's a little bit damp as well, it's going to almost mimic... What a cat would do with their tongue as far as cleaning, um, getting it wet and, and that loose hair coming out, it's going to kind of mimic that, and it's also going to clean the cat as well. So not only will the cat feel better, the cat will look better and smell better, but you're not going to have problems with the matting at all. Once you get it out, you don't have to do this more than... Once, twice a month, and it should be fine. You could do it more if you want. The more that you do it, the less hair that you'll have um on your floors and your furniture. Um, but um it depends on, you know, how often that the kitty lets you. If the kitty is a little bit feisty, you may need two people, you may need someone to um, you know, scruff the cat, you know, hold her by the back of the neck. Not you know, not real hard, but just enough where it's you're able to control the cat's head and um, you know, control where she's trying to bite or claw at you.
11: Okay,
5: but the main thing is that waterless product. That waterless product in a comb is going to make such a difference, and it's going to make the cat feel a lot better too. Because older cats, when they get older and they get tired, you know what? It's not that they don't want to clean themselves and feel good. It's just that you know it gets it's it's like everything else it just gets a little bit overwhelming, and they'd rather just lay around and say, "Okay, this," this may, may, might not be as important as I think it is. Hey,
1: hey, that's not just the cats. I do that too. I'm just want to... <laughs>
5: yeah, me too. Good luck with that, Rainy. Thanks for
1: your call today. Toll free at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. If it ever gets so bad that they're so matted, do you ever recommend just like getting that line cut and and starting from the beginning?
5: yeah I mean sometimes sometimes we do worse than a lion cut sometimes it's a complete shave down where there's only head the hair on the head and a little bit on the tail um but usually on a short haired cat on a short haired cat it it comes out you just got to be patient with it and and to be very honest with you i've heard a lot of people say that their cat loves to be clipped down but You know, honestly, I don't know man, truly, how many cats would rather, would, I think most cats would rather have their coat, well, I shouldn't say coat, because dogs have coat, would rather have their fur than, um, not. So on a short-haired cat, you can get it out, on a long-haired cat, um, you know what, sometimes you got to start over and, and it's yep. it's more humane cutting it down and getting off. The only thing that a lot of people don't realize is the cat and even with a dog when they're naked, they're cold. they know something is wrong, they just don't know what it is and then all <laughs> of a sudden you have the family pointing and laughing oh. and they they actually build a complex where, where they'll hide for a couple of days. So we tell people you know what, if you know that's going to be the situation, you got kids at home or you just got a shy cat, go out and get a, you know a little t-shirt or something so they feel like that they're not naked not that, that believe it or not helps <laughs> that's actually great advice there I-, yeah, I know clipping a cat even for a professional groomer is is not the safest thing in the world they have very very thin skin i'll be honest with you don't like don't let your cat get to that point uh, yeah. brushing a comb works wonders
12: how would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs We've set up a special toll-free number for the Rx Outreach Program. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now.
9: 800-689-0143. 800-689-0143. 800-689-0143. That's 800-689-0143.
4: This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Cancer is now one of the most common causes of chronic disease and deaths in middle-aged dogs and cats. New studies show an estimated 33% of cats and 50% of dogs over the age of 10 may die from cancer. Some of the most common pet cancers are feline leukemia, various types of skin cancers, and the most common in dogs is lymphoma. One expert says that pets get cancer as often now as people do, especially now that animals are living longer lives. And the treatments for pets are now mirroring those for people with cancer, including removing tumors, radiation or chemotherapy, and rehabilitation to help pets post-surgery. Now, you might have heard about this. And hang on, because it is a little bit gross, okay? Discovery Channel is planning to air a show called Eaten Alive. And there's a promo out for the show that says naturalist and filmmaker Paul Rizzoli... Wearing a special protective suit covered in pig's blood, will be swallowed whole by a giant anaconda. And now it's yeah you you, you heard me.
5: <laughs> oh, ratings must be pretty low over there, huh? I, don't don't go nowhere because I because I I can't just just sit back and listen to this news story and not comment. This anaconda, okay? Yes. What yes. are they? I mean, what are they trying to get out of this? I mean, just just a stunt? This guy is going to be eaten alive by an
1: anaconda. He's going to actually... Yes. Okay, wow.
2: Wearing some
5: Now, he's wearing a,
4: a special suit, and just to make it more attractive to the snake, so the snake goes along with this, supposedly, it's covered in pig's blood. Huh. And the idea is, if you've ever wondered, and I guess some people have, I personally have not, wondered what it would be like to be swallowed by a giant snake... I, I guess he plans to be filming it all the way down or something, GoPro. because he'll have the story to tell.
5: Yes. You know what? If I was GoPro, I would call yep. him up right now, and I would get... Oh, no get, kidding, see right? See how you can... You, you need to get a hold of it. They may go some side cash yet. I think
1: his, uh, his uniform will have Red Bull on the side of it, I'm oh. thinking, and GoPro. Well,
2: you know, everybody's talking about the poor snake. What about the poor pig that... The, the,
4: sacrifice For the blood, the blood. Know, right?
2: yeah that was my
4: thought hey, I where did hear. that come from yeah
5: i can hear it if it goes bad the stagehands okay it's a wrap let's go
1: <laughs> <laughs> it
5: does
4: we'll see this you. online petition is getting a lot of traction so it may not happen put that
1: on my calendar okay, will you
5: I'll mark it oh, yeah, you know what I mean we're all going to watch yeah
1: it, it's uh, yeah I don't know. I, I have a feeling the petition probably won't get the traction that it needs but if, if you want to go sign the petition or you don't believe this is something that uh, should be happening and I can understand that I even have that sort of feeling in the background I uh-huh. know it's wrong but it's it's like a car accident you want to watch you want Honestly,
4: yeah.
5: look. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll, I
4: promise an update, I okay. promise.
5: Okay. I want to know what endy comes out.
4: They're not saying how they're going to get him out, but they do say they will get him out safely. Uh, I, this is unbelievable. Now, it's really not clear how big the snake is, but green anacondas can grow to be about 29 feet long at about 12 inches in diameter, that's when they're empty. Um, now, Rosoli says he would never hurt a living thing, and he does say he can be safely removed when the experiment, as they're calling it, is done. And there's already an online petition calling for stunt animal abuse to be taken off the air. They're blasting this for reinforcing the negative stereotype of snakes. And snake expert Frank Intiviglio says the whole thing. He says it's not even possible. Cool. All right. Well, <laughs> And if that, if that wasn't an amazing story, here's one for you. A few weeks ago, and this is a good one, a few weeks ago in the city of Camarillo, California, there was a lot of rain up there. caused a huge mudslide to crash down on an entire neighborhood. Now, one home pretty much was wiped out. The owner actually had to be rescued from mud that was waist-high. Well, the family's five-year-old dachshund, Tinkerbell, couldn't be found, and you know they thought for sure she was gone. Well, two days later... The man's son-in-law was over at what was left of the house, and he heard some barking, and guess what? Out came running a very, very muddy but otherwise okay Tinkerbell. The house is filled with three feet of mud, so the fact that she survived, that is pretty much a miracle. I love it. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com.
12: This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
1: Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Fear Free Happy Homes. Don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Happy Homes. Helping your pets live their happiest, healthiest, fullest lives at home, at the vet, and everywhere in between. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. And thanks for your free for
0: underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy.
1: It is time for our hero of the week. My favorite segment because it is increasingly hard to find people that are doing just great things for animals maybe we're just searching in the wrong circles but when we do we get so excited we don't care if they're a big company doing something for a lot of animals one person doing something for a lot of animals one person doing something for one animal
2: and it doesn't even have to be a domesticated animal it could be a wild animal
1: if they're going above and beyond the call of duty for the animals we want to hear about them and you can send your nominations to judy at uh what's your email oh your voice at animal com.
2: and that's how i got this one This next hero was actually nominated.
1: Oh, great. And this one, and we welcome to the airwaves, Laura Leland. She lives in Chino Hills, California. Hi, Laura. How are you doing?
10: Hi, I'm Laura Leland Montague. My husband would kill me if I only went by my maiden name.
1: (laughs) Well, he's a very lucky guy because he has a very compassionate wife, from what Uh, I hear.
10: That's debatable at times, I think, for him. (laughs) Well, yeah.
1: I, sometimes I bet you have to put the animals ahead of him.
10: A lot of times. Yeah, we, we he feels like he lives in a zoo half the time, So, but it's all good.
1: I don't know where to start here. Um, <laughs> I, I can tell folks that you have purchased your own scanner to scan microchips, which probably means you're running into a lot of lost animals. What do you do exactly? Can you give listeners kind of an idea what you're doing for the animals?
10: Well, I have to give credit for the scanner. Uh, A gal on one of our local Facebook pages, Chino Hills Connections, uh, started a GoFundMe because people were always coming to me to help them with their lost and found animals. And we raised enough money within our community. Jody Crutchfield raised enough money. And what happens is when someone finds a dog, the first thing we pray for is that that dog has a microchip. So I'm now the official microchip scanner for the city of Chino Hills around the clock. So it doesn't matter what time it is. If somebody finds a dog and needs that dog scanned and can't take it to the vet or our local PetSmart or Humane Society, Illinois Valley Humane Society, I'll go scan the dog. They don't even have to come to my home. And we make it it as easy as possible to try and get that dog back to its owner.
1: How much did that cost, that scanner?
10: Uh, That one was a little over $450.
1: Okay. So I understand that you'll uh, find these animals, you'll find lost animals, and you'll actually go to uh, local sites like nextdoor.com or Craigslist or newspapers uh, or just randomly knocking on 30 or 40 houses just to to find an owner for an animal, right?
10: We do. I do. um, I spend a lot of time trying to locate them. There's probably 15 Facebook pages, newspaper ads that most people don't even know that most local newspapers will run an ad if you find a dog it's free and i'll run ads craigslist and when all those efforts are exhausted i'll start knocking on doors hanging flyers um i hang a lot of flyers around our city which is a no-no with our code enforcement but the city of chino hills kind of turns a uh, blind (laughs) eye and allows me to do that i make posters and we put them in the areas that the dog was lost or found and I have a pretty good success rate. Our community is very active, and they deserve as much credit as I do because we do get these animals back to their owners.
2: Since you've been doing it for years, um, how many animals, what type of animals have you found in Reunited?
10: Of course, dogs are the most obvious. Um, Dogs without tags and collars, which are, I'm a big advocate of a collar and a tag and then a microchip, but I've had domestic rabbits that people think when they're done with them after Easter, it's okay to dump them up near the Chino Hill State Park. So I've probably trapped eight or ten domestic rabbits. Um, one time when I thought my husband was going to call a divorce attorney, I brought two chickens <laughs> homes that somebody dumped up at the state park. Cats, not so much. Uh, we have a coyote problem, so we don't have a lot of people that let their cats out. But pigeons. I caught a pigeon in an Albertsons and got that back to its owner. It was a, a homing pigeon, so he made its way back home. But
1: Well, why is this so important to you? How did you get started with this? And most importantly, I wish I could do this all day, but I got a job. What, well,
10: luckily, what? when my husband retired, I retired along with him. Good. So I actually grew up on a farm and thank goodness I never was told no, I couldn't take any animal home. So that, I think it was from a young age, but it, it's just such a big problem that we have going on you know homeless animals lost and you know lost animals that need to get back and it's just if i have the time i will definitely do it we there has been more than one occasion when my husband and i have been going somewhere we went once to a black tie affair and there was a stray dog and He was in his tux, and I was in an evening gown, and that took a priority, and we stopped and caught the dog and took it back home and carried on with the rest of our evening. It's just, it's a passion. They don't have anybody to help them other than the humans, and so I try and be that person for those animals.
2: How many animals do you have at home?
10: Oh, (laughs) just four right now. Just four.
1: Just four. Just, you know, it's the city. It says you can only have four, so she just has four.
2: It's awesome work you're doing.
1: Yes, it, it certainly is, because it means that these animals that you reunite with their owners they don't end up in shelters they don't end up being euthanized because they're homeless and uh, you really nip it in the bud down there the only better thing that you could do anybody could do is spay and neuter their animals
2: every neighborhood needs someone like you
10: yes they do thank you so much thank we, you we need
1: to clone you laura leland is it montague
10: montague
1: you are awesome our hero of the week thanks for joining us
10: I appreciate the nomination, and thank you for your
0: time. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
8: Thousands of authors across the country have written books and published them with Page Publishing. If you've written a book, they can help you through the process. Cut through the confusion of the publishing world to make it easy for you. If they decide to publish your book, your work ends, theirs begins. From copy editing and proofing to typesetting and book cover art. Plus, get your book printed, distributed, and sold on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and in bookstores across the country. They even help promote your book biography self-help mystery novels sci-fi or even a children's book no matter what genre page publishing can bring your book to life and don't forget to ask about audiobooks we do all of this for you call today for your free writer's guide packed with tips tricks and templates to help you finish what you started
9: 800-215-6815 800-215-6815, 800-215-6815, that's 800-215-6815. This is Animal
5: Radio, baby.
1: Uh, We head to the phone, we have Barry on the phone. Hey, Barry, how are you doing?
13: Hey, I'm doing great, thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Where
1: are you calling from today?
13: I'm calling from uh, Pottstown, Pennsylvania. How can we help you? Well, hey, I, I, I've got a six-month-old kitten, and uh, we we got some potty problems. Uh, she she does go in the box, but she has intermittent issues where she goes out of the box, and it can go for like a week at a time with no problems. It can go a day at a time with no problems. And uh, we, we've changed the litter, you know, from clumping to non-clumping, and we recently had her spayed, and we even had like the newspaper litter that she was using, but... Um, she um, she has a favorite spot in the living room, dining room, second floor. We've got litter box on the first floor, second floor. But uh, we, we just can't figure out what to do.
3: Okay. And so, is she peeing out of the box or pooping out of the box or both?
13: She's doing both. Okay. You know, she, so she's she... great in every other aspect. <laughs>
3: <So>. <laughs> and is she an inside kitty or does she go outside?
13: No, she's an indoor kitten.
3: Okay. And you said no other cats right now, but you have had cats in the same home before?
13: Yeah, yeah, we did. We went yeah, we had two cats before and then we went for a year without them. Then we we had gotten two cats. We had another one with this one and the other one passed away, had a, a heart problem and but uh she had the problem even with the first one that was with this one.
3: And as far as you've got various sites of the litter boxes um and you said you've experimented with different types of litter. Um yeah. Have you found that there was a preference, something that she used a little bit more consistently?
13: No, we we haven't figured out anything with the litter. Uh, Nothing seemed to be a a real matter uh, about uh, which one was favored or not, except her spot for going outside of the box.
3: Okay, and when she goes outside of the box, does she ever go like right outside of the box, like just a few inches away, or is it always in these other locations?
13: It's always in the other location. Her favorite spot is right in the living room in front of us.
3: Oh, okay. So, And so you have witnessed her doing this. When she does this, does she try to cover it up afterwards, or does she just kind of do it and go away? She
13: just does it and goes away. Sometimes she'll do it and look at us. And then sometimes you just do it and walk away.
3: All right. So it sounds like you do have a challenge on your hands because a lot of times when we talk about cats not using the litter box, we look at things socially in the home. If there's multiple pets, um, we'll look at the litter box environment. So cats will be, have an aversion to the actual litter box site or even to the different substrates that we can use in there. So what I like to do, and this this is a very involved problem because you sounds like you have a lot of different areas in the home that are going on, um, I always like to look at what the cat is actively using, what their preference is. If it is a preferred site or preferred surface, we work with that first. Um, and, you know, so if it's mostly on carpeted areas, um, or bedding, things like that, then that's what we're going to pick as the preferred litter source for right now. So if it's carpet, she seems to be hitting, okay, let's, let's work with that. And we're going to take a little carpet swatches. And that's going to be what we put in that litter pan. Um, and then if there's a preferred spot in the center of your living room, it sounds horrible, but it can be a family decision. If we're going to try to get a handle on this, we're going to let her pick that site and put a brand new litter box with that carpet in that exact spot. And we're going to leave it there and have that be her, one of her sites and see if she likes it, if she uses it, if so, then we can build upon things. But it is a little bit of a kitty smorgasbord almost that we have to do to figure out some of the different preferences. And, and I know we've talked before on the show that most cats tend to prefer the clumping litter that has kind of that sand texture, um, that they tend to like that feeling of kind of digging and burying things. Not every well, cat,
13: I, though. What, what I was going to say, the reason we, we had clumping litter first, but she started eating that. And so that's why we changed it, uh, because we didn't want it to start clumping in her insides.
3: Yeah, and that's pretty strange for a cat to do that. So, yeah. Um, no, and if, and that's a hard thing, because if she preferred the texture, but was eating it, that we cannot have, because that would definitely be, you know, a concern for a foreign body.
13: That was the first time we ever had a cat eat the clumping litter.
3: Yeah, yeah. And then in some of that, as far as um, with the litter environment, um, there's so much, I, could, gosh, so much I could talk about with this, um, you know, as far as litter box um, orientation. So we always want the litter box about a, one and a half times this, the length of the kitty. So you got a young cat. So just making sure if anything air on the side of super large. Um, to give her ample room to get in and out. And most cats do tend to prefer no lid on, so we like to take the lids off at all possible. And then just keeping in mind um, other cats, outdoor cats. So even if you don't allow her outside, if you have neighborhood cats that kind of come around and are either by the porch or by the doors, that can cause a social stress, even if the cats aren't in her immediate environment. So we want to block off barriers um, to those open windows, doors, things like that, where that can cause some stress. Um, Mm -hmm. things like cat pheromones can be helpful for urine related issues, but really I don't find that they help much when we're dealing with stool issues. But for me, I think we really having both urine and feces out of the box, we really have to look at the litter box environment and find what's going to be potentially the best thing for, for her. Sometimes I will actually have people take boxes, line them up side by side with different types of litter. You know, we can put some of the corn cob litter in one type, um, the scoopable, the clay litters, the crystal litters, and really seeing if we get a difference in um, use in frequency and that's one way um, to work on things the other is just recognizing sometimes something bad can happen in the litter box and bad for a cat can mean something falling off a shelf a noisy piece of appliances going off or a lot of foot traffic things like that so keeping that in mind that some cats like quiet and solitude when they're in the pot (laughs)
6: um,
3: and then you know as far as she is young so we don't often tend to think about medical problems as readily, but there are some animals, definitely it's it's well worth doing a little bit more scratching below below the surface, if you will, beyond just a physical exam. So collecting a urine sample, peeing and pooping is communicating in cat world. They do not do this because they're mad at us. They do not do it to try to punish us. It's a way that they talk to other animals. So um, there's something she's saying in her environment she's not satisfied with.
0: Thanks for your call, Barry. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free animal radio app for iPhone
9: and Android. Happy holidays from your
12: friends at Fido Friendly Magazine. The fall-winter issue is available now for your dog to sniff out all the great Fido Friendly hotels and great products to set all tails wagging. This is the must-have issue of the year, so subscribe today at FidoFriendly.com with code HONEY and get a 15% discount. Make this a gift for an additional $10 for your Fido-loving friends, and have a Fido-fabulous holiday. Mm -hmm.
0: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. If you're just tuning in, missed
1: last hour, let me tell you, some breaking news for us, at least. It's an interesting news story, and Tammy's intrigued that I'm so intrigued by it. But you reported last hour that the Discovery Networks mm-hmm. are going to be doing a stunt. The, uh, the host is going to get swallowed by an anaconda on purpose. Yes.
4: <laughs> yes, he is going to supposedly be swallowed by an anaconda so we can all find out exactly what it's like
2: to be eaten by a giant snake. Wow. I don't need to know. There are some things I-, <laughs> I just don't need to know. I am so much with you, Judy. I don't, I've you never know, wondered, in fact. No, me neither.
5: Uh-uh. I wonder how big this guy is. I wonder if it's like a my-size type of guy or a Hal-size size type of guy, just shorter than how.
2: <laughs> I'm
4: not sure, but the snake could be. We don't know how long the snake is either, but they can get as long as 29 feet long and 12 inches in diameter, and that's when they're not full of people or other things yeah
1: and there's uh what there's a petition online to make this mm-hmm. stunt not happen is that correct
4: yeah they call it the ultimate animal abuse is what the people
2: behind this petition say
1: well it depends what he tastes like i guess
2: now how can they get him out once he's been if this happens if he swallowed without harming the snake well they know they're swearing
4: up and down that this snake will not be harmed but i i i don't know how it can't be i i know I that's that was know. my first thought too judy hey. My god the poor snake I'm not worried about that. He's the guy. that office
5: guy. He's that office guy that, they, that they're they all saying, you know what? How are we going to get rid of this guy? He has, he has seniority here. He has a contract. Hey, you know, hey, I got an idea. We'll, we'll have him, we'll have a snake swallow him.
1: Well, you'll keep us up to date on that, I am sure. Now, Absolutely. This hour on Animal Radio, John O'Hurley joins us for his ninth year in a row. Actually, I think he missed last year, but he's been, uh, nine years ago, he started as a regular tradition coming on, telling us about what's going on at the National Dog Show. Now, of course, you remember him as uh, Jay Peterman on Seinfeld.
2: Loved him. Mm-hmm. And that character. He,
1: he was also the first winner of Dancing with the Stars. Not a lot of people remember that.
2: Yes. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, See, and was. I remember he was he was voted one of the sexiest sexiest men man alive. alive. Yeah, yeah, by People
1: Magazine. And of course, he hosts the show along with David Fry, who we had on last week, and has uh, does that in front of an audience of twenty million people. And uh, he'll man, be... I
4: want that job. If he ever wants to give that up, can I get in line? <laughs> I That'd think be so sh- much fun.
1: You should ask him that. Definitely. Well, he'll be joining I us in just might. a few minutes right here. On Animal Radio. Now, we want your calls if you've got questions about your dog, your cat, your iguana, your flamingo, whatever. Uh, Dr. Debbie's here to answer your vet medical questions and dog father Joey Volani with your grooming questions. Uh, this uh, news story comes out of L.A. This is kind of cool in a weird kind of happy accident way. Uh, the L.A. Zoo is welcomed a surprise addition to its hippo habitat this last Friday. It's a newborn mm-hmm. hippo first hippopotamus calf in the zoo for 26 years and it was a happy surprise wow. because the 10-year-old mother was on birth control what so, yeah well you know there's oh wow it's not always effective what if you miss a day maybe she forgot to take it a day <laughs> you that know probably was it that that happens yeah. zoo visitors who happened by the exhibit were actually able to witness her birth
2: wow that is wow. special
1: so yeah remember to take your pill
2: see what happens if you miss a day you get a hippo
1: <laughs> eeny meeny miny mo which one Line two. We have Randy. Hey, Randy. Welcome to the show.
14: Hi, guys. How you doing?
1: Doing good. Where are you good. calling from?
14: Well, I am uh, going eastbound on Interstate eighty through Nebraska.
1: Wow. OTR. Uh,
14: yes, sir. Okay.
1: Please don't call me, sir. That's my dad. <laughs> I have I have Doctor Debbie right here. She can help you. What's going on with your animal?
14: What you got
3: going on there?
14: Well, I was just wondering. You know, uh, I have a little corgi, a, a Cardigan corgi, and. Uh, We go to some pretty strange areas. Uh, We go off out in the boonies all the time, and I'm constantly worried about, you know, scorpions and snakes and stuff like that. What kind of first aid should I have going? What kind of a, you know, if she was to get hit by a a snake,
13: Mm
3: -hmm.
14: what should I do? Good
13: question. Uh,
3: Yeah. And, And, you know, I think every pet owner, especially if you travel, should have some form of a basic um, first aid kit, and that is going to be mimicking very much what you would have in your human first aid kit, but with some additions. And, and the things that I want to always make sure in a pet first aid kit we have um, are... Um not just things like nail trimmers, but also the styptic solution because broken toenails come up all the time. Uh, I see it at animal events that I go to attend, um, tweezers to pull things out. When we're talking about things like rattlesnakes, the, the truly the best thing, the best first aid tip with a rattlesnake bite is your car keys. That is the best Thing that you can provide for your pet is to get them in the vehicle and get them to a veterinarian right away there is nothing absolutely nothing that you can do in the field that's going to increase their survival better than seeing a veterinarian as fast as you can that being said all those kind of things out there that people tell you to do for rattlesnake bites you know we don't want to do most of those things Um, so yeah, all those things that you hear about cutting it, sucking the venom out, um, you know, putting a tourniquet on it, putting ice on it, all of those are completely wrong. Um, they will actually increase the rate of the venom, um, affecting the animal. So what you want to do is keep the pet calm. You want to keep the bite area, whatever part of the body's been bitten, keep it below the heart level. That slows the rate that the venom reaches uh, the rest of the pet. Um, and w- maybe within that first aid kit you can have some Benadryl. It, it won't hurt in the event of a, a snake bite, but it's certainly not going to be the cure-all that's going to really save them. Uh, prompt veterinary attention is really the best thing for any of these snake bites, and, which can be trouble. You know, If you're traveling, I don't know if you're out in some of these remote areas, um, but but uh, that's unfortunately is maybe a good directory to veterinarians in the areas that you are traveling through. For emergency centers, would also be a good thing to have some points along the road that you know you can contact day or night um, a veterinary service.
14: Oh, okay. So uh, keep keep the, uh, the the bite below their heart and uh, just as fast as you can go get get someplace. I knew I knew that cutting it all that stuff was was uh, uh, bogus, but I thought perhaps a tourniquet, but I don't know. You know, you, you can only over- yeah. tourniquet. They don't even recommend tourniquets on people hardly anymore.
3: Exactly, And what the problem is with the tourniquet is that, you know, it, while it may keep that venom in that area, it actually can enhance the tissue effects of the venom in that particular area. So it can make it much worse. Um, so that's really why we don't want to do that. And, you know, there is a you know rattlesnake vaccine out there um, for pets that are maybe in higher-risk uh, uh, lifestyles and areas. It's, you know, it's still out there a little bit in the veterinary community whether or not it truly helps um, the survival after a snake bite um, because we do occasionally see pets that have had the rattlesnake vaccine that still don't always make it from a rattlesnake bite so um, it, it's definitely not a hundred percent but that might be even one thing to consider if uh, you know if your doggy is in those kind of high risk areas and you want to do what you can to try to help them out
14: is there a uh, uh, some sort of a time table that you could give me you know i mean
1: like how fast to get to the vet
3: how fast to get yes as, as you as fast as you can, we know that use of the anti venin um, that we use to help counter the reaction to snake bites that ideally ought to be um, administered within four hours, but truly within the first thirty minutes to an hour is really we're talking get to the vet as quickly as you can, um, so we don't really want to even put a timeline on it. It is that imperative to speed counts, <laughs> but don't tell the trooper I said that. <laughs>
1: Thanks, Randy, for your call. Good question. We don't uh, we don't often hear people preparing or being preventative in their care for their animals. They usually call when something's already happened, and so it's good to know ahead of time if your animal gets bit by a snake. Now you're out there in the desert. So you probably have all these scorpions and snakes and all that stuff. You probably see that a lot at your practice in Las
6: Vegas.
3: Yeah, we sure do. Um, scorpions. Gosh, I just killed one the other day in our house. Well, I didn't. You know, someone, oh, my husband did. But husband? It, it, it was big, ugly, and very scary looking. You know, if you get those things moving when their tail gets going rattling back and forth, it's it's pretty frightening. It makes my hair go up on my, my body. <laughs>
1: uh, I think it's time for Joey Villani. Yep, they're the, they're the violin players. They're ready. Joey Vellani, the Dog Father, on Animal Radio exclusively. We're so damn proud of it.
5: You know, you can cut them, cut the, cut the violins, guys. Come on, <laughs> enough. Anyway, it's <laughs> it's. It, I had a I had a um a rescue um person call me because I I there's so many kitties um that are in the wild that are being rescued and and they are usually covered in fleas um and usually having kittens as well. So usually the kittens have fleas. So what they asked me was, um, you know, what do I find that's safe to use on these newborns? Um, Basically, you know, some of them don't even have their eyes open yet and they're loaded with fleas. And I'm going to be really honest. This is a tough question for me. There's a lot of things out there and a lot of things that claim to be safe. The manufacturers say they are and all, but my viewpoint is this. If it's killing parasites on your pet, It cannot be all that safe, especially on these you know younger pets or even the older ones. So this is my advice. My advice is this, go out and get yourself a really good flea comb, okay? And on the on the kittens, they're not going to have all that much coat. So you're going to be able to go through that coat or fur if it's a cat and you're going to be able to comb those fleas out. Now it takes a little bit of time, okay? Because until you get used to using a flea comb, it's sometimes it's hard to trap them in there and you take them out and you can what I would do is I would put a um Probably a little jar of or or container of alcohol and then I would drop the fleas in as they come off of the cat and and they'll eventually die. Problem is we is we have to take care of the environment. Now our adult cat that's um that's with them, that's probably nursing them, you know, I would um use a, a traditional flea treatment that's safe for cats, or maybe some frontline or something that's safe in order to take care of the environment. But the kittens themselves you know, I mean, I've heard a lot of things. Dawn disc detergent, does it work? Yeah, it absolutely works great. How safe it is for your, um, you know, for, for your newborn kitty, I don't know. Hey, Dr. Deb, when can you start using chemicals on your cat?
3: It, it depends on the products, but uh, some of them are labeled for kittens uh, six uh, weeks and older. Um, but you do have to check with the different products because some will have the label for more like
5: eight or 12 weeks as well.
1: Yeah. And uh, for heaven's sake, don't split your uh, dose, adult dose up. In, exactly. In, yeah. yeah. That's like where you see a well, lot. Well, you
5: know, of- that's a big problem. What ends up happening is is they think if I make it a little bit stronger, it's going to work better. And the only thing you're doing is you're using more amount of chemicals on your pet's coat that um, could make it a lot worse.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
8: Thousands of authors across the country have written books and published them with Page Publishing. If you've written a book, they can help you through the process. Cut through the confusion of the publishing world to make it easy for you. If they decide to publish your book, your work ends, theirs begins. From copy editing and proofing to typesetting and book cover art. Plus, get your book printed, distributed and sold on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble and in bookstores across the country. They even help promote your book. Biography, self-help, mystery, novels, sci-fi or even a children's book. No matter what genre, Page Publishing can bring your book to life. And don't forget to ask about audiobooks. We do all of this for you. Call today for your free writer's guide packed with tips, tricks, and templates to help you finish what you started.
9: 800-215-6815. 800-215-6815. 800-215-6815. 800-215-6815. That's 800-215-6815.
14: Alan Cable, here's your real dogs doing amazing things. Watch.
11: You wouldn't think he's 10 years old just by the way he acts.
14: Tucker gets into a lot of trouble.
11: Known in the family to be the food burglar.
14: And because of that, an amazing secret that was hiding in Tucker's belly is about to be revealed to the world.
11: After I turn around, the popsicle is gone. Tucker ate it stick and all. You know, smacking his
14: jaws. But you know, what dogs... Often, what goes in comes right back out. Stick and all, everything came out. Two days later, something else came out.
11: And I look in the paper towel, and here is my wedding ring. I kid you not. My wedding ring? Her ring went missing five years ago. I was devastated.
14: The vet thinks the popsicle stick may have dislodged the
11: ring. Friends have said, I want a dog that throws up diamonds. Like, who doesn't, right? So I have my wedding ring back, and Tucker is. "Mm -hmm." He's my hero.
14: Hero, that dog's a jewel thief.
11: And I don't even care.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: All of Pink Floyd, lizard lovers. You learned that here right here on Animal Radio.
2: Oh, you mean they didn't have pink dolphins?
1: Did you know about that? I thought that was sort of like underground stuff. No,
2: no. no. I watched that. Yeah.
1: Pink Floyd, the entire band, uh, of course, into dolphins, pink dolphins and mm-hmm. lizards. And, uh, really? Yeah. Yep. See, the things you learn here are just uh, phenomenal, amazing.
3: And highly useful in everyday life. They really are. <laughs> you,
2: too, could be a hit at the next party.
5: We yes, are. I was just thinking that. You know, that'll come up somewhere where there'll be some importance. Yeah.
1: We learned uh, last hour about an anaconda that's going to be dining on a uh, television host for Discovery Channel in a stunt that's happening. And oh, the boy. Phones have been ringing off the hook. That's won- ridiculous. I, that I know. Stuff. Isn't that some crazy stuff? Love to hear what you think about that. 'Cause there's so many things now, Joey, you were saying that well, for you it would have to be a whale would have to eat you, is what you were saying earlier.
5: Yes, a whale would have to would have to eat me. Even though you know, I'm down in weight since I first joined the show. You'd still need a, you know, a, a blue whale to swallow me. Yep. And then, you know, I'll I'll will um you know, check out the whole digestive track, everything. I'll even go out the other side if you want, you know. There that's care. a great uh. stunt for give animal me, radio. Give me the GoPro and you know what? Give you know, give me give me some stock in it and then um, you know, hey, in one end out the other. The stock
1: Super secret hidden microphone. We should put that on him and send him on through. I'm telling you, the ratings will go through the roof. Uh, John O'Hurley in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. And we go to Doris. Hi, Doris. How are you?
11: Hi. Okay.
1: Where are you calling from today?
11: I'm calling from Reading, Pennsylvania.
1: Reading, Pennsylvania. Lots Uh of people. Awesome. You got a lot of animal lovers out there, don't you? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Well, what's going on? How can we help you?
10: Oh, my cat. She's three years old name is Oreo, and she's not going to the
3: bathroom. Not peeing or not pooping? Pooping. Okay.
10: And she threw up twice. Once it was only a little bit. The next time it was a little bit more. And she's eating, but she's not eating a whole lot.
11: Mm-hmm. And
10: she drinks, drinks, but not a whole lot either.
3: And what has her stool been looking prior to this? What, did, what was it looking like?
10: Uh, before all this, uh,
3: it was fine okay and how long has it been since she's not been pooping oh i guess it's about about three weeks holy crap sorry (laughs) but that is not normal no no and (laughs) three weeks without pooping
10: yeah people have said give her give her mineral oil give her cod liver oil give her this give her that and okay she's been going in the litter box to try and go but she
3: just she just can't go Okay, Doris, there are few times on animal radio that I can sit here and say something, but you need to see a veterinarian with your cat, and you need to see him now. Uh The reason is that it is absolutely not normal at all for a cat to not poop for three weeks. Uh Anything really beyond three to four days with no bowel bowel movement is abnormal. And the problem becomes that when a dog or a cat doesn't poop for the longer periods of time, the the colon is a very effective organ, mm-hmm. and part of its yeah. job is to eliminate waste, but it's also okay. to resorb fluid. Yeah. So the longer we don't poop, the drier the stools get. Mm-hmm. And this will be compounded if a pet is not doing well systemically and they're not drinking much, they become more dehydrated. So you yeah. get a horrible, horrible scenario where we are dehydrated internally as well as in the colon. And mm-hmm. it's like having rocks in your colon. Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. And there is a, a specific syndrome in cats called megacolon. Okay. And it happens in which basically the colon just gets overly filled with stool, gets really dried out things don't move through and they can suffer a bowel rupture Uh um from that Um, not to mention the longer that goes on the harder it is to correct and to ensure that we don't have relapses down the road so that's why i can say you need to get that kitty to a vet there's nothing i am going to recommend that Uh you're going to be able to do to help your cat at this point it's Uh too far gone now but when we do have cats that are mildly constipated, there are some things um, such as Miralax over-the-counter I will recommend. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah. if, you're, if your cat's already three weeks, that is, it's going to be wasting time and risking her life if we try something like that. And you did yeah. mention one thing. Mm-hmm. You mentioned mineral oil, which if I can encourage our listeners to not administer mineral oil as a constipation remedy... The reason is, is because it's a liquid and they can, dogs and cats can aspirate that and get that in their lungs and it can cause a fatal pneumonitis. So an inflammation in the lungs and potentially infection in the lungs. So there are other forms and other types of uh, stool softeners that we can use far more safely than mineral oil. Mineral oil is just cheap and available. That's why I think a lot of people turn to it. But Uh please don't use that. And, uh, yes, we we need to get your kitty to the vet, get an x-ray, and then probably get her on some fluids and see if we can help to uh, eliminate the stool in the the buildup in the colon. Mm
11: -hmm. I will call, and I will get her there.
3: Okay, please do. And then let us know how things turn out. Um, I'm wishing you, Kitty, all the best here. Okay.
11: Okay, thank you.
1: Thank you for your call. Can we get the uh, jingle singers in here? Thank you. Go to
0: your vet. Thank you. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi,
15: this is Clive Pierce from HGTV. You're listening to Animal Radio.
12: How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? We've set up a special toll-free number for the Rx Outreach Program. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now.
9: 800-689-0143. 800-689-0143. 800-689-0143. That's 800-689-0143.
4: This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Well, the holidays, they are here, and that means a lot of people will be flying, many with their pets, and that can be risky. The number of pets dying, getting hurt, or getting lost during commercial air travel has gone up over the past several years. So far, the Department of Transportation says 61 animals have died or been hurt this year. Most were in cargo and not flying in the plane's cabin. Airline pressure can impact certain flat-nosed breeds a lot more, causing respiratory issues. Those breeds are dogs like boxers, pugs, pit bulls, Chinese pugs, peaks, and bulldogs. Burmese and Himalayan and Persian cats are also on that list. Now, it is important to fly your pets in the cabin whenever possible, and you're recommended to call the airlines at least 10 days ahead of your trip, find out if a health certificate is needed or if there are any requirements regarding carriers. More than half the people in the nation have at least one pet, and they think of their pet as a joy and not a hassle. I do, at least. Those are the results from a new Rasmussen Reports National Telephone Survey. Nearly 58% of American adults have a pet, up just a little bit from a year ago. And here's the breakdown. 49% of a dog, 23% of a cat, 24% have more than one kind of pet, only 3% have a fish, bird, or some other kind of animal. And an overwhelming majority of pet guardians... 92%, in fact, say they talk to their pets. You bet. Here's another story to prove you never, never give up on a lost pet. A couple in Atlanta had their little Shih Tzu, Jordan. They've got him back now, eight years after they last saw him. The last time Mike Nuanna saw that dog, Jordan, he was just a little puppy. And he is darn sure that somebody snatched Jordan right out of their backyard because suddenly he was gone. They did everything to find him, no luck, till a couple of weeks ago, that's when the Fulton County Animal Services Office called to say Jordan had been turned in as a stray. And luckily, Jordan, yep, he was microchipped, and that was the key to getting him home. Get your pets microchipped. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com.
12: This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: Last hour, we learned that Discovery Channels is going to be serving up one of their TV hosts to an anaconda. I suspect there will be a lot of viewers for that, but I I suspect it'll be nothing like the dog show and my tradition every Thanksgiving where over 20 million viewers check out David Fry and John O'Hurley. But they're there not for those guys. They're there for the animals. There's over, uh, I believe, 180 breeds and 1,500 animals dogs wow. that uh, that are out there. We have John O'Hurley. This is his ninth time, ninth year in a row, that he's visited with us just before Thanksgiving. John, how are you doing?
15: I'm doing great. How are you? Yes, I heard about this anaconda thing, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a very competitive host, and so we're going to be back combing a she- old English sheepdog uh, on the same day, so uh, <laughs> because, you know, they're known for the danger they represent.
1: They, they sure do. You know what I love about you, too, is that uh, talking about David Fry and you is David's, uh, well, you're the brawn. He's, he's no, you're the beauty. You're the brawn. No, he's.
15: I'm the style. He's the
1: substance. There
15: you go. <laughs> I'm the chips. He's the meal.
1: Now, uh, yeah, I can't even pronounce half of the breeds that he's always talking about. Or, do you find yourself having trouble with uh, with all well, these you names?
15: Know, I, they, they really pulled a fast one on me when they had the Mexican um, um, uh, hairless there, the uh, Cholo ex Exquen- Cholo Exquen- uh, Quinkly, there it is. Yeah, um, um, And that was, uh, I think it was four years ago we introduced that breed, and I was there in my mirror shaving every morning going, Good, Cholo x Quintly. Cholo X-Quinkly. Because, <laughs> you know, you, gotta, you only get one chance to say that right.
2: <laughs> well, last chances year, are that you're yeah. going to get it wrong.
15: i tell you, you know, it's, it's nice to be sitting uh, next to David there. There's not a more knowledgeable, more loving man in the world of dogs than David. Do you have pets at home? I have uh, a Cavalier King Charles Yes, uh, I remember. and uh, that's Sadie and Lucy is a little Havanese. Is Lucy new? Uh no, Lucy is uh no, we we got them the same time. Uh, okay. the, we had two dogs prior to that that both uh, passed on at similar times and so we got uh we uh we had a new administration there come in and uh they 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 were about uh they're both of uh, late six I think they're 6 years old now both of them.
1: What made you pick those breeds?
15: Well, you know, I go back to my experiences with the dog show. Everything I know about dogs, I really kind of learned from David Fry and my experiences at the National Dog Show, from the breeders on down to, uh, to walking up and down the aisles and, uh, and, and, and being exposed to so many different breeds. And, of course, that's the joy of it uh, as the host and, and even as the viewer. And this is one of the joys of the show is that being there and being a bench show. You get to walk up and down and you see the all 2,000 dogs that we have there, 190 different breeds. It's, uh, it's pretty exciting. So you learn a lot in a short amount of time.
2: That's what everyone should do. Everyone should learn something about a breed before they select it.
15: Yeah, it's very that's that's very very well said. You know, we always believe, and one of the things that I've learned over this period of time on NBC um, is, is that there really is something to responsible, responsible pet ownership. Know what you're doing. Dogs are not trials. You don't you know you don't say oh let's see if it would be nice to have a dog you know and then unfortunately our. our um, our shelter, our rescue shelters are, are populated with too many dogs that were trials.
1: And we see this just yeah. right across the street from the studio is somebody who just got a dog, Polly, because it, it looked like cute. a cute dog to yeah. them. And then it grows up and it loses that cuteness like we all do. And yep. it's
2: banned to the backyard, a, a yep. high-energy dog that's exactly, in a small Exactly, yeah. If you
15: do a little, and if you do a little bit of homework, you realize that some of these dogs, that, that you know, they, they look like great little puppies and they're just mm-hmm. as cute as can be and they catch it. You know, they, they, that cute factor is not really, you know, it, I, I go back to always... Marry your best friend.
1: Yes, absolutely. <laughs>
15: you know what I'm talking about. Sure. Yeah. Yes, it's a relationship. It really is, and uh, it's, and 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 hopefully it will be a long-term relationship. And you really have to put the same amount of work into it that you would with uh, with a human being.
1: Mm. Now what we'll see on Thanksgiving—that's just a fraction of what actually goes on there at the. At well, it the show.
15: is. Yeah, you don't. We don't have a chance uh, to show you the the breed competitions. Uh, we show you the group uh, competitions, and then we show the best in show. Uh, and because of the limited time that we have, we're never able to show all the dogs that are in the group competitions. Uh, but we do have—you're able to see all of them online. So we have kind of an interactive um, relationship with our online uh, uh, version of the show as well. So that's nice. It gets, you get the whole show in it there dogs that you're particularly interested in, uh, it gives you more information than you'd be able to get at any other show on on, uh, any other dog show uh, because you'd be able to watch them and uh, Wayne Ferguson is able to, you know, comment about them and each breed. So it's a a very, um, very educational, interactive experience.
2: Well, I think you need to tell them next year to expand it to four hours so we can see more of that.
15: Four hours, you know, you'd, be, yeah. <laughs> you'd have guys throwing them. There are guys that want to watch their football. They say, "All right, oh. I'm going to watch. I'm to give you two hours of dog so I can watch my four hours of football."
1: Screen yeah. and screen uh, is what there. that's no, that's what that's for.
15: Here's yeah. the interesting thing. Do you know that this is one of the number one events that ABC, or excuse me, NBC does um, all year long? Yeah. 25 million. With, with, if you consider the reruns that they add, and 25 million people watch the show over that span of of the uh, of, of uh, Thursday and then the rerun on, on sat Friday or Saturday night when they choose to air it, but that's pretty phenomenal when you think about how much we love our animals enough to stop dead in our tracks with the uh, remote and and watch a two-hour dog show.
1: Well, you know, I'll sit and I'll watch dog TV for hours, but you know, I'm not the brightest.
15: <laughs> <laughs> but you figure, you know, it gets it, it, it gets a um, a, a viewership that wouldn't normally be attracted to dogs. So it's been, NBC's done a great service to the dog community in terms of uh, being able to alert people, and while we're there over the two hours, we're able to talk about therapy dogs, we're able to talk about um, the service dogs, we're able to talk about uh, pet, again, rep- responsible pet ownership, and uh, all the other things that Purina has uh, in, in terms of their educational um, uh, programs.
1: <laughs> so this year you have the uh, D Cotundi-
0: yeah. <laughs> uh,
15: and, and what a beautiful dog, too. It, it it would remind you a great deal of what we have at home, the Havanese. It's very similar oh, really? to the breed. Yeah, very, very similar. These are, and, and I want people to kind of watch this dog if they're looking for a fabulous family dog. Because this is one of those breeds like the Havanese that are... Absolutely, they are. They're, they're not hypoallergenic. They don't shed. Uh, very. They're they're, uh, they're dogs that adapt to their surroundings.
9: They're if like you, little
1: clowns,
15: aren't they? If you, they are. But if you need them to be active, they'll be active. If you need them to be just companions, they'll sit by your side. They kind of, in the same way that the havanese do, they respond really to their environment, to the energy of their of their companions.
2: And John, I want to hear you say what breed that is.
15: The, I, I don't have it in front of me, because uh, okay. uh, yeah, it's the Cholo x <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which actually sounds like something at the Taco Bell, if you drive through the yeah, I'll take the two of
2: those to go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then, of course, the Wired here, Vizla,
15: Visla Vizla, Vizla yeah,
1: will be joining the uh, AKC ranks yeah, this year. beautiful
15: coat, too. The color on this is really pretty. I've... Uh, I've seen a few of them.
1: I always love visiting with you. Anything new on the horizon? You had some books that you... uh,
15: Uh, You know, I'll tell you a funny thing that happened this year. Talk about an email that changes your life on Uh a Monday morning. I I, I wrote a children's book uh, last uh, year that was called The Perfect Dog. Yes. And it was about the idea that uh, the dog that is perfect is the one next to you. And it did really well, and we came out. And it was, uh, for a while, was the, one of the top books uh, on Amazon there. And I had optioned it off without thinking um, to be a, a musical. They were going to write a musical around it, and a I musical? completely forgot about it. I didn't. Even, well, lo and behold, about two months ago, I get an email on a Monday morning. Here is the script, and here is the music for you to approve and it is a little piece of magic that started just a couple of years ago because of a, of a little Dr. Seuss pole.
1: Oh wow, how awesome. fun is that. That sounds yes. great. We'll we'll keep an eye out for that. We look forward to our 10th visit next year.
15: Yes, indeed.
1: John O'Hurley joining us. Check him out. It is on NBC on uh, it's right after the Macy's parade. Yes.
15: 12 to 2 everywhere, right? We just we're seamless with the parade. <laughs>
8: Thousands of authors across the country have written books and published them with Page Publishing. If you've written a book, they can help you through the process. Cut through the confusion of the publishing world to make it easy for you. If they decide to publish your book, your work ends, theirs begins. From copy editing and proofing to typesetting and book cover art. Plus, get your book printed, distributed, and sold on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and in bookstores across the country. They even help promote your book, biography, self-help, mystery, novels, sci-fi, or even a children's book, no matter what genre. Page Publishing can bring your book to life. And don't forget to ask about audiobooks. We do all of this for you. Call today for your free writer's guide, packed with tips, tricks, and templates to help you
9: finish what you started. 800-215-6815. 800-215-6815. 800-215-6815. That's 800-215-6815.
7: Dogs or cats, horse or emu, are people too. What can you do when coyotes keep killing your goats? Well, you could get a guard donkey. <laughs> That's what a goat farmer in Massachusetts did when coyotes killed two of his favorite goats. An attack donkey sounds like a wacky idea, but Catherine Peterson of the University of Rhode Island's Veterinary Science Department disagrees, saying that donkeys have an inherent dislike of dogs and could be a pretty big threat to coyotes looking for a goat dinner. Pika the guard donkey was a little shy at first She wouldn't eat for a couple days But soon took up with one of the larger goats She now seems right at home with her goat family Braying a lot and keeping those coyotes away I'm Brit Savage for Animal Radio Animals are people too Animal Radio
4: Oh, what did he say? He said, we're
11: all across the USA. The most listened to pet show today. Animal Radio. We're everywhere you go.
12: Animal Radio. Animal Radio.
1: Uh, this uh, an interesting little story. I know a lot of us are allergic to our animals. I'm allergic to my cats, but I will. Doesn't matter to me. I love them so much. Love them dearly. My mom was really allergic to animals. She would have a, a shot. She'd get a shot in wow. the every month. To I don't know. I don't know what. The, I don't even know what it was about. Maybe that wasn't even for the allergies. Maybe that was just <laughs> <a, laughs>
2: Okay. How you getting off? So.
1: I am a bit off track. What I wanted to tell you about was Adam. He's a dog that's at the Lucky Dog Retreat Rescue in Indianapolis. He is apparently allergic to humans. What? Yeah, following a blood test to determine why he remained so sickly despite therapies, a doctor reported that Adam is allergic to human dander and that a special <laughs> serum was being prepared.
2: Wow.
12: It's not
3: unusual. Really? Actually, no? It's on every of the allergy panels that I run. When I run them, we actually have human dander as one of the allergens.
2: Now, this isn't something that a bald person can get away with because they still have dander, correct?
3: Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, you still have epithelials, so it's not all about just hair. Yeah. So Wait, what is, what's it called? Epi- epi- I said epithelials.
11: Epi- That's kind of like epithelial. CSI, epithelials.
1: <laughs> hi, Sylvia. How are you?
11: Um, hi, I'm fine. Thank you.
1: Where are you today?
11: I'm in Houston, Texas.
1: Beautiful Houston. How can we help you?
11: I guess I have a, a question for Dr. Debbie. I have a gothens, cockatoo, mm-hmm. and uh, she's been chewing on her On her well, her tail feathers and her wing feathers.
3: And is she pulling any feathers out, or is she just chewing on them?
11: She's just chewing them. The feathers are not 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 coming out.
3: Okay. And do the feathers look normal? Um, Are they growing feathers, or what we call the immature feathers, or are they already fully uh, fully developed?
11: They're fully developed. They they were fully developed, and about uh, you know, I think she started about a month ago. Um, and I noticed that you know I thought she was preening, and then um, you know I noticed that her feathers looked a little you know different, a little ruffled, and uh, just not normal. But she continues to do that. I don't know if it's deficiency or if it's the time of the mm-hmm. year when they uh, you know that they're I don't know if they're molting.
3: Well, and birds definitely will molt throughout the year, and that, that process takes weeks, sometimes months, as they get new feathers that replace the old ones. So, and that's a continual cycle, so we should never, you know, really have a bald bird, um, because as those old ones fall out, the new ones will be growing in. Now, I'd have to say, Sylvia, that you've just raised one of the most daunting questions in all of avian veterinary medicine, because feather-picking and feather-related problems in birds are the most frustrating uh, one that we deal with. Um, there's a lot of reasons for that, because it is a multifactorial problem. And you ask, you know, could this be something nutritional, could it be behavioral or medical? And the answer is yes, all of the above. And that's what makes it so challenging, is that sometimes it can be something medical, such as an infection, allergies, mites sometimes it can be something like a nutritional shortcoming um, it can also be behavioral in that um, you know cage birds they're beautiful but out in the wild they do a lot of bird things and that is that that occupies their time and their mind and in a caged indoor setting we kind of make it simple we put this little thing of food in front of them and we we talk to them we play with them but we've eliminated a good part of their day that's spent being a bird and doing what we call foraging so some of these things are very uh i would never say easy but some of them can be straightforward the first thing i would recommend is you do need to find a good avian veterinarian in your area that's comfortable with things because there's some basic tests that we would start with Um, Some of them are related to the feather themselves, where we look at the feather under a microscope, take samples from the skin, and even do lab work. So all of that being said, there's an extensive history we go through if we're trying to help figure out if there's a behavioral related problem. But some simple things that I would say is one thing that you can do is to try to make, enhance your bird's um, uh, environment. And that can also help to decrease boredom and some of the feather picking related behaviors. So I know that's not a lot of an answer, but uh, it's the honest truth.
11: Yes, I was already thinking about you know uh, taking taking her to a to a veterinarian. So, but I just wanted to just get some input
3: from you. Sure, yeah, and I'd say that you know um, depending on diet wise, as far as if she's on seed or pellet or uh, home cooked foods, you know, there's a lot we can get into that I probably can't cover all of the, the time limits where Hal gives me that that look, where he gives me the thumb you know, like, come on, speed it up get off the phone <laughs> but uh, there's definitely a lot of opportunity we can help your bird, um, uh, but I'd say let's get you in the right channels and uh, see if we can help your baby.
1: It just flew by today once again. Don't forget to download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android and Blackberry. You can listen all week long and ask your questions. It's a free download and check out Dr. Debbie's books, Yorkshire Terriers Shih Tzus, Pugs, Mini Schnauzers How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend, Blink over at the uh, website at animalradio.com. Have yourself a great week.
2: Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Happy Thanksgiving. Bye.
9: This is Animal Radio
2: Network.